Welcome to Friends and Followers. This broadcast is brought to you by the Seton Shrine. We are your hosts today. I am Lisa. And I am Bridget. Um, in late September, the Seton Shrine released a mini doc about William Seton, Elizabeth Seton's son, um, who became an officer in the Navy. So today we are going to discuss Elizabeth's relationship with her son, William. We want to look at the um, anxieties that she had, especially um, with her children's salvation. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great topic, Lisa, because I feel that in our research for the mini doc, we had discovered a little bit of Elizabeth's um, anxiousness and for her children and for their lives. Mm -hmm. And while she had one idea for them, they kind of had another idea for themselves. Well, at least right. William did. Right. And I think we also discovered that um, we related to what she was feeling yes. as mothers ourselves and also just having those life experiences. I think um, we were surprised mm -hmm. by how relatable <laughs> this subject was to us. And we kind of really felt her anxiety, I think, yeah. as we were doing the research for this. And so we decided to do this podcast to kind of really explore that a little bit more. Yeah, yes. Um, you know, Elizabeth being a woman and a mother, we, I think a lot of us women and mother can relate to the normal anxiety of motherhood, especially as a new mother, right. you know, right. got the illness, especially for a little bit of time, you know, yellow fever was running rampant in New York. So it weighed on Elizabeth that she was a constant fear of death for her children. And we know this through her letters. Right. And we really see that at first, too. I mean, we see that that's what she's concerned with, right? She's concerned about the illness and her children dying. She had seen death um, in her own family with her sister and I'm sure with many of her friends who are dealing with the death of children. So that's kind of where she focuses on at first. Um, and then her husband becomes sick. At the same time, her faith is becoming stronger. She's exploring her faith at Trinity Church and having a prayer circle and really starting to think about well, what happens after death. Mm -hmm. So worrying about death without faith, right? not just death itself, right. but that she really does pre become preoccupied with that, right. um, especially during the time that William was dying. Um, yeah. And we know that through her writings, she was assuring William that he will find eternity, you know, have right. a little faith and you're going to find eternity, even though she was still worried about it. Yeah, I think it's like most people, my experience, that when they're on the verge of death is when they all of a sudden are like, all right, what's happening next kind of thing where she starts to take a step back and is like, okay, how can I prepare myself, my children, my friends um, for their death? And she starts to really, really think about that. Um, Tell me about the letter that she wrote to Rebecca. So she writes William's sister, Rebecca, and she tells her that William is asking for that assurance, that he will be pardoned, he calls it. Um, and she says, I've always tried to convince him that where the soul was so humble and sincere as his, and his submission to God's will so uniform as his had been through his trial, that it became sinful to doubt one moment of his reception through the merits of his Redeemer. So she's telling him that through his suffering and his acceptance of his illness, that for certain he'll be saved. Mm -hmm. um, now she's in Italy at this time, and so she's starting to be introduced to the Catholic faith. 
she's starting to ask those questions. She says later, you know, my poor heart high was in the clouds roving after William's soul. So she says that to her husband, William, that he'll be saved, but she's thinking, will he be, you know, and starting to want that assurance herself. There was even a point in time after William's death, while she's in Italy with the Felici's family, who are Catholic, where she has a conversation with Filippo on the different faith and what happens to those that are not part of that faith. How did that conversation come about? Do you know? Well, I think she's questioning and she's wondering and she's learning about the Catholic faith. And I think at that time, there were, maybe even still today, there are Catholics that believe that if you're not of the Catholic faith, then you won't be saved. And so that weighs really heavy on her heart. I think anyone that is um, starting to get into their faith and starting to think about those questions, they do come become concerned. And I think for, for me, this part was really personal. And um, if I can share a little story, it's like when my father passed away suddenly, um, I you know I get the call that he's died and I have no memory of what happened next, except I'm in the next room and I'm crying and um, screaming. My mother-in-law said she had never heard a scream such as that. And I'm, I'm yelling, I don't know where he is. And I think for me, it was, I just, I didn't know where his soul was. And it was, it was really hard. <laughs> so as you can see, I'm getting very emotional um, because yeah, we believe that you can continue to pray for people, but there is definitely that worry. And I think this weighed really, really heavy on Elizabeth, you know, and that anxiousness, am I going to save my children? Yeah. So it's sounding that you are relating to the sense of, again, when a loved one dies and they're not quite of the Catholic faith, or just in faith in general, you know, where are all the good people who died go right you know so that's what she's questioning and that was kind of the conversation she had with Filippo and and Filippo had a really nice reply to that what was that right he um he said it depends on what light of faith they had received and so I think I hold on to that I think that that is truly important I mean I think we're all introduced to God in some way and I think he judges us on our whole package, our whole life, you know, and, and, and what opportunities we had to be faithful, you know. So in the story that you just shared about your own experience with your father's death, you know, is that what you relied on what you just said? Yes. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Because, um, you know, my father was a Marine and he suffered from PTSD. He had a rough upbringing. He was not always um, a, a good person, but I also saw where he did charitable works, where he would give food to the poor and he would help out people when they were in need, sometimes to the detriment of our own family. And so um, I asked for a clear sign that, that I knew that he was saved. And so, and, and I, I did everything a good Catholic should do. I like offered up a lot of things for him. And I just have to trust that he's that he's been saved. And I think that we start to see that with Elizabeth too. I think she gets to where she just has to trust. Yeah, and she was definitely looking at her children, making sure that they will be saved. Even with her son, William, who is you know growing up, 
and he kind of has this idea of his own. Yeah, she's still concerned with all of their children of where they will end up, what they will do with their lives, and will they be saved? Right, and yeah, and as um, you know, as William becomes older, by the time he's seventeen, he's pretty set on going in the navy, which is a huge thing. I think. I think it was then. I think it still is today. Um, I think whenever our children enter into something that we're not sure is a good thing, it it fills us with anxiety. And I think that's where she is at that point. Yeah. Well, we know from Catherine O'Donnell's book that, because Catherine kind of shared a little bit more about maybe where her anxiety about William joining the Navy kind of started and it's reflecting on her brother-in-law, her husband's brother, Henry Keaton. Apparently he grew up, he was in the Navy mm -hmm. and he just had a wrecked and alcohol sodden life. Right. So it sort of kind of suggested a hazardous event. Right even during peace, you know, it's not just from war, but it's even during peace, like the just consequences, perhaps. Right. And I think this is a really interesting point because most people, when they say, you know, that they have a child going into the military, there's an immediate like, oh, you don't want them in war. You don't want them in battle. You don't want them uh, having to use a gun or weapons or whatever. But for Elizabeth, it was that to some degree, but it was more like, where is this going to leave your soul? Like, what kind of mischief are you going to get into? What kind of things are you going to start believing and thinking? And and I find that very interesting, you know, because most people would go to, oh, you just don't want them in battle. But no, for her, it was more like, you know, what kind of trouble are you going to get into where you're going to lose your soul? Yeah. You know, and so I think she's worried about that. Um, and then she starts to look for signs. So she's determined to keep him away from the military. She encourages him to have the life of a merchant, like his father and grandfather. She she thinks about sending him to New York. That doesn't work out. So she's like, okay, so maybe now I'm supposed to be okay with him going in the Navy. She asks Archbishop Carroll for help. He can't get him in. Why? Because it's we're in the midst of the War of 1812. So he can't get him that commission. And she's like, Yes, the other side. <laughs> the other side. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she, you know, she's like I think probably we all do. We look for those signs and kind of manipulate them to be what we want them to be. Um, and and so she thinks, okay, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to send him to Italy to do an internship um, at a merchant house. Uh, the problem with this, the interesting thing with this, is that we're right at the end of. Um, the Napoleon Wars mm -hmm. and Italy is in the midst of a war and she's like, okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine. So she sends him with Father Brute who has to leave France, escape from France. Like this is really like war, you know, wars going on. And she's like, that's okay. Yeah. He, can, he can get to Italy <laughs> yeah. you know, and become a yeah. merchant. And it's kind of funny because yeah, she is, she's convinced that if William goes in the Navy, he will lose his soul. Right. Yet he was willing to send him across to yeah. a war-torn Europe that is still dealing with the end of the Napoleonic War. Wars, yeah. yeah. And she, um, and the thing is, she doesn't even tell 
the Felici family that is coming. <laughs> she's like, uh, Father oh, Brute is like, I'm going back to France. And she's like, great, take William with you. And that's how, you know, we see this. This is how convinced she is that even though William's unhappy because he wants to go in the Navy, I know what's right for you. I want this to work. Yeah. You know, and, and you'll see, you'll be happy. And there is an influx of letters that she wrote to William that um, you can read in her collective writing. Um, and you can see that she just wants to guard his soul and she's desperate um, that he's, that he will find joy in being a merchant and perhaps following in his father's footsteps. Um, Lisa, there's one letter I think you mentioned of right. that she wrote. Right. She writes, um, guard well, my dear one, that pure heart, which will be the charm of our reunion. Oh, if our God should be forgotten in that heart, and it should be, no, 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 never let me die and be gone before that insupportable sorrow comes. I pray for you incessantly, my dear one. Do write and love and pray for your own mother. Look up to the pure heavens in your night. I watch my souls, beloved, and you will hear what that soul should would say to you, what our beloved ones gone should say to you. So she um, she writes these encouraging letters, just constantly saying to him, guard your soul, <laughs> make sure yeah. you're being good, make sure that you're putting God first. Um, you know, I think of, of, you know, you have an 18 year old. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you wrote him those letters, what would he be thinking? <laughs> Yeah, as I was sitting here and I'm listening to you read that, I was kind of thinking, man, I probably would write the same thing. Um, so, yes, Lisa's right. I, I have an 18-year-old. Uh, as soon as he turned 18, he went down at the recruiter's office with the Marines. Yeah. Didn't He discussed it with us, kind of, um, but that was taken by surprise for us. And, and we kept talking to him about his other options, you know, what about college or you know a trade school what's he hoping to get out making sure he really thought through this um i certainly did not manipulate yeah. <laughs> I him to another thing. but he come to a point where um it, it's just hard it's hard and i think it's you know it is for his safety and i'm still i guess on a more personal note i i'm still learning my own faith i do i do have my spirituality but i don't have the depth that elizabeth has but i am inspired by elizabeth's words as well and i think that if i had lived in her times i would be speaking to those words as well and right. similarities and stuff because i do i i do worry about you know there's a lot of dangers where did that leave for him? You know, um, I don't want him coming out with PTSD right. or a changed um, personality. Right. You know, I, I want my little boy. You right. know, I want right. to preserve that kind of happy-go-lucky. Right. You know, and but I know that he's becoming a man. And Darren, he he really did kind of stay true. It like he humored me, he looked at other things, he just was not happy. He did right. not what he wanted to do. He really wanted to do that. And I think even Elizabeth come to crossroads with that too. You know, yeah. she recognizes that William is still not happy. 
right, uh, right. Italy in the merchant house. Right. So, um, um, yeah, it's, you know, it said that she was moved by her son's unhappiness and his resolution. She still feared what might become of William in the Navy, but the choice was his. And so she, she, you know, she's out of options. Yeah. <laughs> she had hoped that he would like being a merchant. He doesn't. She really sees that he's unhappy. And now it's that conflict, right? It's that conflict of, am I going to allow my child to be unhappy just to make me not worry? Like make me comfortable? Like, and, and I, so she's struggling. I mean, and I think that's what's so great about her and great about saints is that we look to what they did, right? We have them as people to look up to. And I know that she wrote in one letter that she has said, because it, it stays with me too, um, she can now put no more obstacles, meaning for William, no right. more obstacles in front of him. Right. But she now has to trust it all to God. Right. So she has to put all her trust in God. And that's the same. Right. And I really resonate with that too. I do. You know, um, to accept that Darren is going in the Marines, accept that this is what he's choosing for his life. And I do. I put my trust in God that he will come out safe and that my worry will probably not become a reality. You know, right. I mean, my worry is always going to be there. It's never going to be gone. It was the same thing with Elizabeth. It was never gone. Right. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, and it's the same thing. She's dealing with what every parent deals with when you when you let your child go, especially into situations you're worried about, you know. And but now she has decided. Okay. I, now she's looking at it not my worries, but my child's happiness. Yeah. And so I'm she's going, all in. Yeah, I'm gonna make this happen. And so she uses her connections. You know, she may be living here in Emmitsburg in the mountain, but. She still has those connections. She uses uh, a, a patron here, Robert Fox. She asked him to contact um, Daniel Tompkins, who's the vice president of the United States at the time. Um, she asked uh, another gentleman, Francis Cooper, to talk to John Quincy Adams um, to get this appointment. Uh -huh. And it comes through. I really wish I had their connections. <laughs> I know, I know. Because <laughs> she, what she's trying to do is put William in a place that might keep him safe. Right. I wish I could do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, she's also, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely correct. She's not only wanting um, an appointment for him in the Navy, but she's wanting important people looking after him in the Navy. And so, um, she, like you said, she goes all in. Uh, he is here for a few months before he goes to his first assignment in Boston. You mean here in Emmitsburg. Yeah, so yes, yeah, here in Emmitsburg um, for a few months. So she relishes that time with him, and then he leaves in late August of eighteen eighteen for Boston. Um, he writes her shortly after that, um, "My dearest mother, oh my beloved mother, if God spares me to see you after my cruise, what a happy moment I anticipate." But alas, it is so far off, and to think that I leave you unwell will cause me to quit port with a heavy heart. But he who directs all will bring this voyage to a happy end and me to your dear arms. So I don't know if I'm just reading into it, but you, like, you can almost feel his joy. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, he's just really happy. I think she becomes more content with knowing that he is happy, and she really does come to that. I've got to trust him. Yeah. So even in my situation, because I have accepted um, that 
this is where Darren is going. He's going into the Marines. He leaves in January to go to boot camp. Um, I, I have felt in the last several months as he's waiting, he's doing PT, um, um, physical training, mm-hmm. and they do like police events on days. So he, he seems to be forming a bond with a group of recruits and his recruiter. And when he comes home, it's just he he is he's a different kid he's not ready he i could see a change in his um mood in the sense that it's happier you know he's upbeat he's sharing he's looking forward to it when he was in high school it was like tooth and nail just to get him to go to school he woke up grumpy <laughs> You know, right. at 6 a.m. now going 6 a.m. waking up going to PT. He's not grumpy. He's like up and out and gone. So, right. so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he just seems more contained. The only thing I will admit before we move on and get back to William is um, in that letter that you just read, William did seem to also be more content in his faith too. And right. as a mom, though, with me still navigating through my own faith, I'm I'm not as um, willing to openly share the eloquent words of faith and belief, but I do worry that Darren doesn't have faith. So that kind of worries me now. It just it just hit me right now, Lisa. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I I haven't. I, it just yeah. It was just dying for me. You know, like William is finding his place. Darren is finding his place. But does he have faith? Well, what does he believe? Because I know Darren wow, a little sorry. bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think when you give that that information, when you when they're when they grow up surrounded around it, which Darren has, right? Like he he certainly has been here helping out the shrine a lot. It's in there, and I think it's the same with William. I don't think William was someone who went around talking about his faith the way his mother did, but it was in there. He was a good person, you know. And I think that's the same it is with Darren. And like. I was saying earlier with my father, he did not go to church. There were a lot of things that he did, which were not good. Um, But when I see him stepping up to help anyone and to buy food for people that were poor, a few months before he died, we had a really hot summer here. He went out and bought fans and we're passing them out to poor people in in Frederick, Mm -hmm. the city near us here. And um, and I I just don't doing good work. Right. They're still doing good work. Still doing good work. Right. He does. And that can be translated that there is faith somewhere, like you just said. That's comforting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, when people put it all out there and they're constantly talking about their faith, and yeah, you have that reassurance. um, But I think, especially for guys, they're more quiet, more reserved about it. Um, But I think he's, I think he's a good person. Um, And I, and I think that's where Elizabeth had to settle in. You know, with her daughters here, right? With her, with her daughters being here, she was constantly seeing what they were learning, what they were talking about, what they were doing. Her son's not here; they were always away at school. Mm-hmm. It was a little harder, like, to see if they got that in. And I think that that's where she, what she's struggling with. Mm-hmm. You know, and and right, like guys that are eighteen, like drinking and you know, and having fun can seem very appealing. And she's aware of that. I think she knows that. You know, and she's worried about that. But what's nice is um, William and Elizabeth continues to write because when he were first sent to Italy for the merchant house, he wasn't writing her. Right. Now he is writing her. Right. Because he's happy. I think that's beautiful. 
and yeah. he's happy. He it, like you were saying with Darren, once they once you know that they have their spot, you can see their joy. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Um so William is on a three year tour. Mm-hmm. So when he talks about that cruise coming to an end, he's supposed to be gone for three years. So he writes her a letter in on June 19th of 1821. And he says, my beloved mother, at last my fondest wishes appear on the point of being realized and happiness like a star from beyond the clouds of a dark stormy night seem breaking on my view. But alas, the horizon is not yet clear and my poor trembling star how easily overclouded. You may imagine how anxious I wait your first lines. The last I received from you was dated May of 1820, one year and a more back. And what great changes one year may produce, I fear to think on. Do write quick and let me know how you are. All right, that just made me want to cry. <laughs> I because, because a little bit died, January 4th, 1820. Right. So and she, her son doesn't even know this. And, and she's passed away six months. Yeah. Six months she's been gone. Um, and, um, I, you know, first off, they write so beautifully. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and he's talking about this happy star, which is now a trembling star. Yeah. You know, because it, he hasn't heard from her. Um, and, you know, and he's not going to see her mother ever again. Right. It breaks Either. your heart. Like, it just is so wow. sad. Could he ask, like, um, please write quickly? And gosh. Right. But, and, and like you said, he would not see her again. He comes into the port of Baltimore. He meets with his sister, Catherine, who's in, in Baltimore, and she tells him that their mother has died. So, um, you know, I don't think Elizabeth needed to worry. I think her children were good people. Um, she did write to her children I have never ceased to beg him to take you from this world rather than you should offend him for dishonor your dear soul. And as you know, my stroke of death would be to know that you have quitted the path of virtue, which alone can reunite us forever. Separation, everything else I can bear, but that never. So, I mean, she's being honest. She's writing them and saying, I would rather you die at this moment with faith than to continue to live on and have those trials where you lose your faith. Yeah. So she died, even though, you know, William wrote to her after six months after she died, you know, get this letter. She still died. I think I'm wondering if William took comfort in knowing that she still died wanting for her children what she always wanted, which to be saved. Because a couple years later, they there's a letter that you found actually when you were doing the mini doc. Right. It was a beautiful letter. Right. Um, so I know you have like a very specific excerpt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just so just a little background. We kind of wanted to know what was William's fate after after he, you know, grew up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does go on to have children who are who are very faithful people, but we wanted more than that. So, you know, he had a daughter who became a sister of mercy. He has a son who becomes a bishop, but what about him? Mm-hmm. And yeah. because um, she was always teaching them to look to God to be content in what is ever given here on earth and to look towards salvation. You know, that's what she really was raising her kids in doing that. And I think one of the the most important things that she taught her children and probably the sisters was how to accept death. Mm -hmm. To accept death, to be at peace with death, 
especially when you knew that someone was going to go to heaven, that they had led a good life. Yeah. And so um, a few years after um, Elizabeth passed away in July of 1823, um, I found this great letter uh, where he's writing his sister, Catherine, and he's telling her about some things that happened on the ship and some things that he has to do that are kind of difficult. But then he ends the letter with, and so it is, my darling, some sighs and some rejoices. Heaven has been truly good to us. So I think right there, yeah. with everything they had gone through, all the losses they had, heaven has been truly good to us. That's beautiful. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Yes. Um, we hope that you enjoyed the podcast today. And we pray for you, uh, especially for those that have sons that are still navigating their lives, right. whether they're going in the military or they're not. Um, right. Or not even just sons, but all children, yeah, where you I mean, are hoping that they can maintain their faith and that salvation will be upon them yeah. and all that we can be yeah. joyful in. I mean, I think especially her children, but really with anyone that you love, that you you are worried about their salvation. I think her relationship with William teaches us a lot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Make sure to check out the mini doc too. Yeah, um, it's very good. So, but again, thank you for joining us. Thank you.